What we're going to hear today mystifies me about the very character and nature of God because sometimes he stands up in the boat and says, peace be still. And then other times people go through hellish environments that don't change for a long time. Uh, And so for me, the miracle and the peace comes in two ways. One is the actual rescue. You got saved from from the crisis. And the second one is a power to go through the crisis. Even after a miraculous answer to prayer, it's easy to wonder why God would allow trouble or danger into our lives in the first place. Why do passionate believers suddenly find themselves battling with cancer or other illnesses? Beyond that, why does God heal some but not others? Questions like these can trouble even Christians with the deepest faith. Why does Jesus calm the storm for his disciples in one instance, but in a different storm tells Peter to step out onto the waves? Yet, if we look back at what God has done, opening our hearts to how he is meeting us in every moment, we may see how our Lord seeks to draw us into a unique and completely trusting relationship with him. In this episode of the Gary Wilkerson podcast, Matt Tanner joins us to give an incredible testimony of how God saved him from a deadly situation that should have, by every right, claimed his life. Now here's our host, Bob Dittmer. Welcome to another uh, Gary Wilkerson podcast, another episode of the program that I think this is one that you're going to remember for a long time, and especially for those of our, our listeners who are watching the video of this podcast as well, because you're going to see something you have probably never seen before. You're right, Bob. I think there's something really special. It really is. And I, I, uh, it really is the story of God's protective hand on his people and how God can bring us all through very difficult and uh, terrible circumstances. And in fact, just before, Gary, you came in today, you were on the phone with a, a caller who was suicidal here to the office who was also felt like life was out of control, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, circumstances of life uh, so beat on us that we sometimes want to give up. And I was able to share with him. He had called like 6.30 this morning before he got into the office and left a message. And I was able to call him. And uh, he, was, he was grateful to have somebody reach out to him, somebody care. And sometimes it's just what the body of Christ does, just care. But, you know, I was able to share with him. Just, you know, God's timing is amazing. I was just studying uh, the, the book of Jonah the last couple of days. And I, I noticed something about Jonah. Uh, all throughout Scripture, you've got, uh, you know, Adam and Eve. Then you've got Noah and his sons. Uh, you've got uh, you've got Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You've got uh, Moses and Aaron and Miriam. And you've got Elijah and Elisha. There, there, there's always this sense of we're going to do this as a team. We're going to do this together. The story of Job is unique because he starts off the story alone, goes off on a ship alone, and then even says, I'm going to leave the presence of God. I'm not even with people, but now I'm going to leave the presence of God gets thrown into a whale, he's there alone, gets spit up into the land alone, goes to Nineveh alone. And when Nineveh repents, there is some, it actually says that, that, that they repented and that there was joy, some, something good was happening. They realized that they were rescued and they were celebrating. And Jonah's alone, sitting outside the city, mourning and groaning and complaining, angry. And then he gets this plant over him, so he feels good again. And then the plant withers the next day, and he wants to commit suicide again. Three times he wants to commit suicide. And I started to track this, and I just, the Lord put this on my heart yesterday, that, that it's a story of a man alone, that uh, you can be a prophet, you can do great things with your life, but if you try to do life alone, you're going to, storms are going to come, and you're going to get in a place of depression, maybe even suicidal thoughts. So, just, you know, God's timing is amazing. I just had been studying that, making some notes on that, and then he calls, and I was able to share that with him. And... Um, 
you know, I, I see that a lot. Like people that are going through storms, going through difficulties. If they're f- trying to face them alone, they're 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 in for a harder harder uh, go of it. But if, but in fact, none of us are ever alone, are we? God is always with us, no matter what the circumstances. And sometimes, as we're going to hear today, even in the worst circumstances, God is still there. Yeah, yeah, it's a mystery to me. What we're going to hear today mystifies me about the very character and nature of God, because <clears throat> sometimes He stands up in the boat and says, "Peace be still," and then other times people go through hellish environments that don't change for a long time. Uh, and so for me, the miracle and the peace comes in two ways. One is the actual rescue. You got saved from the, from the crisis. And the second one is a power to go through the crisis, to be able to stand firm in the midst of <clears throat> so, so, so two circumstances. Like, like this morning, uh, part of the impetus of this suicidal thought was the man's wife is leaving him. And so two men may face the same situation, and one may say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to God, I'm going to go to my friends, I'm going to go to my Christian community, and, and I'm going I'm to thrive in the midst of this storm. Another one will say, life's hard, life's rough, I, I give up, I surrender. I, you know, where are you, God? Why have you left me alone? And again, that's what Jonah did. And so, that, uh, you know, so I, this morning I was able to encourage this guy. But I, I, I am mystified over, we're going to hear a story about a, an amazing salvation in a sense not of the soul but of a body and a life <clears throat> but i also know i grew up in east texas um you know in the late 70s early 80s and there was a singer at the time his name was keith green who was a well-known christian artist was making an impact around the world and his plane didn't didn't get lifted up out of the uh, the turmoil and and crashed and died and he and his children passed away. I don't understand that, but I know whether it's the story of the miraculous rescue that we're about to hear today or whether the ship goes down and, and you're sort of there, uh, you know, uh, though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Uh, c- come what may, God, you're good. I, I, I trust you. I trust you with, with my life. I trust you with my death. I trust you to live as Christ, to die as gain. Uh, <clears throat> but nonetheless, we have a good, good father, and I believe he, he, wants to, to, he wants to rescue and he wants to save and he wants to deliver. And we see that. And that's a great introduction to our guest today, Matt Tanner. And uh, Matt Tanner has a story of God rescuing and also being with you in the midst of a storm. Uh, so, Matt, why don't we start? You're a pilot. Sure. And, uh, and this story begins as you're taking up someone from a youth group, correct? Who's, right. Who's uh, deciding he wants to go flying with you. Yeah. So I met this uh, this young man named Isaac uh, a few weeks before at a uh, high school youth camp. And he was in my cabin, and um, I kind of just decided I wanted to reach out to him and encourage him to do some different things. And so, one of the things that I do occasionally is is ask folks if folks if they want to go flying. You know, hey, if you ever want to go, let me know. And so, um, almost always, uh, that's the end of the conversation. But he actually uh, got back with me and said, "Yeah, I'll take you up on it." So that was really great. So we went went out to. Uh, the local airport and uh, got into an airplane that uh, was one that I had flown before but didn't have quite as much experience in. Um, should not have made that much difference, but it was a little two-seater. Um, and so a side-by-side, and we got in, and uh, he was so excited and had his uh, GoPro video camera and was videoing most of the flight. And we went out and flew out uh, just north of Pikes Peak, and we were having a great time, and uh, let him fly, and it was, uh, you know, it was really, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we flew over his house, and and um, and uh, he waved down to his mom, and then we were headed out, uh, kind of on at, towards the end of the flight, <clears throat> headed back towards the airport. And so I asked him, you know, 
uh, would you like to do some different maneuvers? And these are things that we, you know, most folks do in their training, really everybody. Um, and you've done some acrobatics as well. Do it. I've done lots of acrobatics, um, aerobatic competitions, air shows, that kind of thing. That's something that I have, uh, at least for a, a large part of my career, focused on and uh, felt like I got really good at and uh, used to teach aerobatics and spins and spin recoveries. And that's just stuff, stuff that's easy for me and, and natural and, and not scary and just normal. And, um, so we weren't going to, we weren't planning on doing that kind of stuff, but, um, we were doing, uh, some steep bank turns and then we, uh, were doing some stalls. And so I had kind of described to him what was going to happen just because, you know, it's easier to re- remember and, and know what's going on if, if somebody tells you what you're about to experience. And so, and so uh, he's he's videoing. I'm flying. We're having a great time. Um, and so we we do a maneuver called a stall, um, which really doesn't have anything to do with the engine. It has to do with the airflow over the wings. Uh, but it's a maneuver that every private pilot practices. And so um, so we go into the stall. And as can happen occasionally, um, the one of the wings drops, um, and we ended up going into a spin. So, you know, right off the bat, not a huge deal, not a problem. I've done many thousands of spins and taught them. It's not a, it's, it's not a concern at this point in the scenario. And so we go into the spin. Um, and so after a, a, a couple of rotations, uh, and if you're not sure what a spin looks like, it, it might, it, if you've seen a maple seed fall, uh, you know, from, you know, if you throw it or see it fall from a branch, it kind of twirls down. Um, that's, that's kind of what it looks like when we're in a spin. And so the spin is developing. We've turned around a couple times now. And so I go to initiate the proper spin recovery technique and, and really nothing happens. And so, you know, at first that's a little bit of a concern. Um, and when I, I kind of slow it down when I'm talking about it in the moment, we're talking about seconds, you know, it takes minutes to describe it, but you know, at first it's, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Um, and so I continue to, you know, do some different maneuvers or different uh, manipulation, manipulations of the flight controls uh, to no avail. And so um, then, uh, then our engine quit. <laughs> and so, you know, again, uh, you know, we're not beyond the point of no return in my mind at this point. And so now I'm thinking, okay, well, now not only do I have to get out of the spin, I have to start the engine once I do. Um, and so we, we should have had plenty of time to do all that stuff. Normally when you do a maneuver like this, you want to be able to recover at about 1500 feet above the ground. And we were, we started off at about 4,700 feet above the ground. So lots of room for error. Um, but, uh, it never, it never recovered. And so we're continuing <clears throat> the engine stopped. The stall warning horn is going off. That's uh, a loud kind of a beeping noise, uh, which is kind of annoying. And then um, then it becomes evident to me about 10 or 12 seconds into the scenario that, um, that I've, I've done what I can do. I've reached the end of, of me. And, uh, and this is one of those things where, um, again, just to reiterate it, you know, like I, I feel very confident in, I, I know this is, this is, I'm a professional pilot. Like this is, this is something that I'm, I'm good at. And that was the moment where the Lord basically said, 
you know what? I will hang on to that ability for just a moment, and uh, and 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 it was nothing that I could, nothing that I was doing was having any effect. So, Isaac asks, um, as as we're going down, uh, he says, "Should I brace?" Right? Um, at first, he thought it was kind of a joke uh, that I was trying to scare him. It was not the case. He 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 realized uh, quickly that that was not the case. Also. But he asked if he should brace. I said, we're going to die. Um, it was not a situation where I was I was thinking maybe we'll be injured. Um, hopefully it's not too bad. You know, maybe I won't be hurt that badly, that kind of a thing. It, it was, you know, after studying um, studying spins for as long as I have and, and studying accidents and reading accident reports and watching every video of every spin I could ever come across – um, it's not something that you live through, you know, when you spin all the way into the ground, when you, you know, basically you're impacting the ground, uh, perpendicular to the ground straight in. <clears throat> and so this is not, this is not one of those like, well, maybe we'll be okay. Mm. Um, there was no, absolutely no doubt in my mind that this was the, the day that I'm dying. This is the person I'm dying with. I'm, this is the airplane I'm going to be in. These are the last things I'm going to see. And the saddest part of all was, um, you know, my wife and my three kids and just thinking, you know, my kids are going to grow up without a dad. Mm. And that was that was the, the hardest part, you know, um, knowing it, in that moment that I was a, a moment, uh, you know, a few seconds away from seeing Jesus. That was not scary, um, to be honest with you. But I was just sad you know, for my family. And so when Isaac asks if we're, if he needs to brace, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking that's, there's nothing to brace for, you know, mm-hmm. this is it. And so, well, it continues. Um, he was, he was aware of the camera that was on his head. And so he starts um, to pray and, and say his goodbyes to his family. Um, it's not something that I was thinking about because uh, just, I was focused on the airplane and what was going on. I forgot about the plane, the fact that he had a, a camera. Um, so you can hear me and my frustration um, with uh, with the situation, not being able to get out, um, and then um, we we spun all the way into the ground, and so um, about um, a few seconds before impact, you can hear both of us um, are, are quiet because uh, we were just we were anticipating this this impact for what seemed like so long. It was a minute and seventeen seconds that we <clears throat> excuse me that we fell. And so you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then, you know, the last few seconds, it's just like any second now. And then finally it happens. Well, um, obviously I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> and I can tell you the details of what happened after being going through it, seeing the wreckage, and then also watching the video. I mean, I know exactly what happened physically during the impact. Um, basically, the nose touches down on this part of uh, what's called Kettle Creek. Um, the engine rips off. That absorbed a lot of energy. We began a backwards somersault, if you will, kind of rolling backwards down this hill. The The tail took a huge impact and got crunched. And then we ended up upside down on our um, on our canopy. It was, again, it was a side-by-side uh, aircraft. And so basically we end up in the dirt is right in front of our face. And, and that was the most that was the most shocked that I've ever been in my entire life. Um, it was, it was, it was knowledge. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a guess. It was fact that we were going to die. 
in my mind and not being dead was the most most surprised I've ever been in my life. And so, I, yeah. Why don't we take a look at the video and then you can tell us why you think you're still here. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. You got it. So let's roll that video. Jesus. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'll be Isaac. Awesome. Wow. Whew. That's intense. Well, I, you know, I, uh, we watched this in our devos this morning and my heart's beating fast. I'm, I'm a pilot. I haven't flown in a long time, but that just scared me to death. I don't know how you walked. They say any landing you walk away from is a good landing, right? So I guess it was that. a good landing. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> pat, I, I'm not patting my back on that one. Um, but like I said, I, I can tell you, you know, what happened. It's kind of, it's, kind of crazy to see uh in the video in real time but um but you know the way we impacted the ground is not unknown what i can't tell you is why we're here unless i tell you about jesus you know um he's he's the one that set us down in such a way that you know we walked away Uh, i got i had six stitches isaac had absolutely nothing you know and the fact that we're we're alive, you know, <laughs> is is a miracle, um, and so you know it's been it's been kind of interesting. Um, afterwards, uh, basically, the Lord has uh, has told me um, when we're you know, in that moment where we feel like we're out of control. Um, again, that's the, that's the thing that, he, that the Lord said, you know what, I'll, I'll hang on to your ability. You know, I've got you. I'll take care of you. Of course, didn't feel like that when it was happening. Um, but uh, again, that was something that I was really confident in, you know, and, and I thought that I was able to provide my own answers and, 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 and support, you know, and, and solution to, to get out of the problem. Um, 
it was really kind of interesting in the days that followed. Isaac, uh, who's a fairly introverted guy, um, was able to go back to his high school and uh, and t- tell you know each of his classes throughout the day on the next day um, about Jesus. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Even though you know if there was ever a day to <laughs> to skip school as a <laughs> senior at the end of your year and your wow. grades are great, you know, like take the take the day off. But <clears throat> um, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where um, the Lord has—he's—he's <laughs> he's the one that holds us, and um, we're here no longer or shorter than He wants us to be here. And um, my mom was telling me that you know, I used to worry for you at this stage of your training and this stage of your flying and this different thing you undertook, and uh, you know, but not anymore. Mm-hmm. Not after the accident, you know. She's like, I know that the Lord is the one that has you. So, uh, so on a, on a just practical level. Do you have any idea how fast you were going? As, like, That's a great question. So um, I did the math and we fell um, a little over 4,000, well, right at 4,700 feet in about a minute and 17 seconds. And so that averages out to be just over 40 miles an hour. Um, and so it's possible that we were even under 40 by the time we touched down because uh, that is, the descent rate um, was likely faster initially. Um, but by the time we got kind of wrapped up into our turning, uh, that, that probably slowed us down some. Yeah. And so, you know, there's that factor, right? Our speed and the, and the actual way that we touched down, uh, how we did, the way that the airplane was positioned, that kind of thing, that really all go into it. But again, it's one of those like... The, even even members of the of the FAA who were investigating it were skeptical that this was real because this is not something that happens. So, um, but yeah, you know, we were. It was it was a long time to know. It seems to me there's so many takeaways from something like this, mm-hmm. the, the the behind the scenes stories or what you get out of life experiences. You know, I'm thinking here you are, crying out to Jesus, pray, praying, and you know, your prayer. I would imagine is you know, don't crash, don't crash, don't you know save us from the spin, get us back to flying and land. Right. But yet you and nonetheless you crash, and so you you know your expectation of how God is going to answer your prayer might might be different. Yes. You know, and, and you actually, uh, you know, I don't know if that was a takeaway from you, like almost like as a life lesson that that sometimes sometimes we're praying for things and. Um, we expect it to happen this way. Again, the phone call this morning, my, his expectation is my wife's going to come back and everything's going to be fine. But maybe not. Maybe it's going to crash. And, uh, you know, but, but nonetheless, God right. has, God has uh, you know, whether, whether the plane straightens out and you fly home safely yes. or whether you crash and walk away from it, you know, God's with you and he's, he's got plans for your life. That's what amazes me. Sure. One of the quick observations I take away from your story, too, is uh, one of my favorite uh, passages of scriptures where Jesus teaches about the end times. And that may not seem like it relates other than the fact it could have been your end time. <laughs> sure. Uh, but he's talking about wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes. And instead of saying, like, run and hide and, and be afraid, he, he's, he says there, this is going to be an opportunity for your testimony. Mm-hmm. And I think you're here today. You spoke to our, our team this morning, and now you're, you're speaking on our podcast. And you talked about Isaac speaking to his school. Mm-hmm. Things that seem tragic to us or seem out of control or the that you might question why did this plane spin out of control seem to be end up to be an opportunity for your uh, for our testimony exactly it's not the answer that i was hoping for in that moment yeah, yeah i definitely was hoping to fly away and that be the end of it mm-hmm. um um i am grateful to be here but the the idea here is you know it doesn't it doesn't matter how spectacular you think your story is you know it's about telling people what Jesus has done for you. Yeah, and so like for me, you know, I'm, I 
one one of the things has things that has been taken away, thankfully, is this fear of what is somebody going to think of me um, if I go and approach them and try to share my testimony, that kind of thing. It doesn't matter. I don't care what anybody thinks anymore. You know, like mm-hmm. the, I'm I'm not worried about uh, my appearance in society or in public or in my neighborhood or at work or whatnot. Um, you know, that's not my job to be concerned about that. My job is to tell people what the Lord has done for me, regardless of how amazing I think it might be. It's amazing. What the Lord has done for me is the best thing that can be done for someone, you know? And so who am I to keep that to myself and and not share it? So that's probably been the biggest takeaway for me. Yeah, you know, it's uh, that whole video seems like a metaphor for life, doesn't it? I mean, there are times when life is spinning out of control. Uh, we think we've got control of things, and it's it true. isn't until we get to the point where we realize not a thing I can do that we then cry out to, to God. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he delivers, not in the way that we think. Sometimes he doesn't deliver at all, but a witness still comes from it. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the, the boldness that comes as a result of it. I guess death-defying experiences do that to you, don't they? Sure. Make you bold in your faith. For sure. Yeah. Gary, what would you say to people out there watching saying, well, I've never been through a plane crash, but my <laughs> life seems about as messed up as that, that that flight was? What do you tell them? As I was watching that, I, I was thinking of a little bit of my life in a sense of things spinning out of control and me crying out to Jesus. And the expectation of the plane straightening out right away, the marriage straightening out right away, the kids that are on drugs immediately getting off drugs because that's the way God works like that as a miracle. We just ask him, and then yet things spin more than we expect. Sometimes, for me, my experience has been the more I've prayed, the worse things have gotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet walking away from it unscathed, walking away in victory, walking away. You know, I, you know, I, I'd love to see another video of you um, going back to your home and grabbing hold of your wife and three oh, kids, man. that would be a cool video too. Uh, yeah. But I can picture it in my mind. <laughs> For you know, sure. That must have been something. You know, to, what did you, what, what'd your wife say out of curiosity? Oh, man. So uh, unfortunately, I've gotten to the point in my um, career where there have been a few times where I've had to call my wife. And the way I start the, the conversation off when it's not a good one is, hey, babe, everything's okay. Everybody's okay. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, <laughs> I'm all right. However, I'm going to be delayed. A little bit. Um, and so, yeah, I, she was the first call that I made. Um, and uh, she, you know, picked our kids up from school and then came out to where the, uh, the to the scene of the accident. And so, but yeah, that was a, that was a big hug. And just, you know, every, every, every day, you know, has been precious since then. It's every day is not, you know, amazing and wonderful, but I, I'm just grateful. Um, as you mentioned, you know, the joy just, uh, just to be here and to be able to watch my kids grow up and, and so that's been the biggest blessing for me. So, yeah. And seeing the hand of God in your life as well. Uh, Matt was saying that place where they landed, it was a dry creek bed. Mm-hmm. actually looked like, the, like a hand. Yeah, if you pause the oh, video, cool. it, it, it kind of sort of looks like a hand with uh, fingers coming up. Um, just awesome. the way that the bank was formed. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, that was the Lord catching us, you know. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, certainly... Certainly the way we got set down was exactly the way he wanted us. I've told this uh, story a number of times. Uh, It was from one of my worship pastors, and uh, his son was – remember you telling me this? His son was walking down the stairs, and there was a towel on the stairs, and he tripped over the towel and fell, rolled down the stairs. His father, Paul, caught him at the bottom of the stairs, just caught him just before he hit hit his head on the the last part of the the, the hard floor. And he grabbed him underneath, picked him up, and – said to his little boy, aren't you glad I was here to catch you? And he goes, why didn't Jesus just move the towel? And that's a question we, we all ask. Uh, but again, the, the idea for sometimes is that I want to show you my hand. Mm-hmm. I want to show you that, that you don't have to fear. 
uh, life life is hard, and there's difficult circumstances we're all going to face. But 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 I'm there to catch you. And so, man, anybody listening today, just this is a great story of no matter what your circumstances you find yourself in today, that there, there there is the hand of God that you can cry out to, and you call on call on the name Jesus. And that's he the only thing you. I had left. Yeah, I love you know. that. I love that you were calling you know to Jesus. That's that's and that's. That's what we want people to watch this podcast to, to do, man, to, to call out to the name Jesus. He's there for you. Amen. Well, Matt, thank you for sharing your story. What a, what a great Thanks story, and especially to, to see God's hand in your life and how that helped you and hopefully can help others as well. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks for letting man. me be here. You've been listening to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. We are called to place our trust in God through every dark valley. Even when the worst seems to be coming against us, God has not lost control, and His plan is unfolding. All we need to do is call out to him and trust that he hears. If this topic has stirred something in your soul and you'd like to learn more, let me suggest you pick up Gary's latest book titled God's Favor. In it, he paints a more biblical picture of God's favor, revealing how our loving Father never leaves us alone, even if we aren't aware of his presence. God may also call us to do things that frighten us, but he won't abandon us to obey his calling on our own. To see more on this discussion of God's grace and goodness in your life, you can order a copy of God's Favor on the World Challenge website, worldchallenge.org. Next week, Nikki Cruz joins us on the Gary Wilkerson podcast to discuss a father's love. The image of a loving father is something many people struggle with because of broken family relationships, but it is a key way that God chooses to present himself in our lives. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge. Sound design for this episode by Mike Hall-Smith. This episode is written by Rachel Schimitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington with video production by Aaron Gale. We hope to see you next time on the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.